for next time. It was also a little bit sad the other day when we'd heard about Kiwi. Um, but it's really interesting that when you lose someone, what comes flooding back are the really cool memories. You know, moments where you were touched. You know, things where you, were, where you laughed, where you cried. Um, and they're the things that we need to remember, amen? That's always what we want to remember. It's interesting that that particular thought because it's the way that you look at it. It's the way that you look at death. It's the way that you look at someone passing. And this year for us as a church, we feel like, and I strongly feel like the word for us, the prophetic word over the house is seeing. You know, what do you see? And when it comes to death, what do you see? Do you see the finality of a life that's lived, successful, unsuccessful, prosperous, not prosperous? Or do you actually see the continuation of life in eternity? That someone now, the faith that they had given during their years, whether long or short, now get to celebrate, you know? What we've longed for on earth as it is in heaven, they are now in heaven. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. It's really quite exciting when you think of it. But how, how do you look at it? You know? How do you look at it? But anyway, today I want to I keep looking at this, this, this thought of what do we see. Um, because God has been challenging some of the ways that I look at situations in my life. And I'm suggesting if that's me, that might also be you. It might not be. It just might be me. We often find out in this house here at Mount Clear that a lot of the struggles are just the pastors and nobody else because so many of you are so holy. But um, I think it's important that when we go through stuff in life that we learn to look at things in a particular way, you know. And I'm understanding more and more that when it comes to the kingdom, the actual kingdom of God, what we desire on earth as it is in heaven, the kingdom of heaven, that the kingdom will be unknown until you and I have a revelation of it. What do I mean by a revelation? I mean a revealing of it. How, does it, how is it revealed? Well, Father God, Papa reveals it. He helps us to see it. So this year, what do we see? What, what has he got in store for us? What's he going to reveal to us? What revelation is going to bring understanding that's going to unpack the kingdom of God for us? Yeah. For the kingdom to be real for us every day in everyday life, you and I, we really this year, 2019, we have to be able to see what he sees. We have to be able to understand what he sees. We need him to reveal things to us every day, every moment of every day. Yeah, Not just a one-off. It's not just a memory that we write down, we scribble it in our Bibles or in our notepads. It, it's something that needs to be revealed every day. And I, I really got excited when when God started to, to download just some stuff for me that I want to share this morning, because I think it will help us in our everyday life. I believe that, if you allow it to, if you choose to. So often, walk, to walk by faith is a choice, yeah? To walk by faith is a choice, you know? To live in peace is a choice. We know that Jesus is in our beginning. We know that he's in our end. But in between, there are doctors that you go to see when you're sick. There are you know, people that counsel you when you're having mental health issues. There are struggles in family. We know that there's an in-between, but he's in the beginning, he's in the end, and he's in it all. What do you see? How do we see the life that we lived, you know? So Isaiah 43, 19, if you've got your Bibles or your iPads or your Samsung phones that work properly, any of those, those things, turn, grab them and use them. And Isaiah 43, verse 19, and it reads, For I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? 
I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I'll create rivers in the dry wasteland. The King James Version says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Behold. And when you actually break down behold it's actually father god it's papa declaring something for us he's actually declaring something and when these words were spoken he spoke a faith path out of their 70 year captivity yeah into freedom and redemption he was calling his people out from the old and into the new and he's saying behold i'll do a new thing he he was god started to call things as as if they were that were never, but for him they were always. Does that make any sense? You know, he was calling things out as though they had already happened, and as far as God was concerned, it was already a done deal. And here, with when we're looking at the children of Israel, we're looking at them, you know, escaping Egypt and all that sort of stuff, and all of the things that happened, you know, the wars, the famine, the just the constant wilderness and walking in all of that, yeah. He says, behold. In all of that, he says, behold. Because behold actually means to stand in awe and be amazed. With what you're going through right now, behold. With what you're experiencing right now, stand in awe and be amazed is what God's saying, yeah? Today, I believe Father God, Papa is saying to us, stand in awe and be amazed at what I'm about to do for you, yeah? So easy, I reckon, to live in a space where we have no problem in beholding, to stand in awe and being amazed that Father God's going to do something new in you. No problem. The person next to us, no problem. And it's not that I don't believe it for me, I just don't believe it for me because I'm believing it for you. But behold, stand in awe and be amazed because I'm about to do something new for you, yeah? Something brand new. I, 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 love, I love the words because he goes, for I'm about to do something new. And he, and he utters these words. In the midst of their trial, their tribulation, their situation, their circumstance, he says, see, it's already begun. <laughs> do you not see it? And Father God's saying to some of us here today, stand in awe, be amazed. I'm about to do something new in you, for you. In fact, in fact, no matter what you're going through, it's already begun. Can't you see it? Can't you see it? Half the issues that we have in life is because we can't see it. Most of the mental health issues, anxiety, depression, things that we suffer, some of us just moments, other people, you know, for longer periods of time, is because we can't see what God sees. All we can see is where we're at. All we can see is what we're experiencing. Let me try to give you some context so we can work with it. In Acts chapter 16, we're going to read from verse 16. It's a, a long reading, and I don't apologize, but just so you can understand some of the stuff that's happening for Paul and Silas, because you need to be able to picture what's going on while at the same time placing yourself in a similar situation within context, right? Right? And it reads, one day as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God and they've come to tell you how to be saved. 
This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her and instantly it left her. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered, so they grabbed Paul and Silas, dragged them before the authorities in the marketplace. The whole city was in uproar because of these Jews. They shouted to the city officials, they are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. And a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. Who's getting a picture that it's a really easy day for Paul and Silas? They've gone down to Windery Shopping Centre. They're sitting in the food court. Life's good. I'm not seeing that, yeah? The, the, here's two men of God going about their stuff. And this girl that has a, a, a demoniac that's demonised, if you will. Yeah, I, I, and I, I do believe that that can happen. I have witnessed that. If anybody's unsure of that, come and talk to me later and I'll tell you about a couple of old friends of mine. But they're walking behind... Paul and Silas, she's walking behind Paul and Silas and she just starts to proclaim, but there was something in what she was doing that obviously wasn't sitting right for Paul. I, I guess sometimes, you know when you, this is not the same, but it's as close as an analogy that I can think of on the spot. You know when you're at home and you want some peace and quiet and your kids won't be quiet because they're playing? They're only playing, but they're getting really loud, really, really loud, almost rude, almost offensive because it's so loud and you just want some quiet and you just want to turn around and go, demon, get out! I know it's none of you, it's just me. It's just my home, yeah? There's just moments, right? Whatever it was that was going on, it just didn't sit right with Paul and Silas. And Paul turns around, says, in the name of Jesus, get out. And all of a sudden, she loses his power that she's got, yeah? And now they're beaten with wooden rods. Like, that's reasonably severe. Samuel, my 12-year-old, and I wrestle, and every once in a while he hits me with his small little fist. It's probably only about three fingers in size, you know, little, little fist. And it hurts. Look, it hurts. It's like, dang, when he's 15, 16, I'm finished. Because when it's a big fist, it's really going to hurt, you know? So you can imagine if someone's just adults there with some, some wooden posts. You know, these guys were in pain. Anyway... We'll keep reading from verse 23. They were severely beaten. They were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into, uh, into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself, but Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself, we're all here. It's a brilliant passage of scripture that you could probably preach about 10 different messages from, really. But Paul and Silas, they're in prison, and, and, and these aren't like our prisons. They're wet, they're dirty, they're dungy, chains are rusty, like they would have just been filth. You know, they didn't have running water for toilets to flush, you know? Just, you need to have the proper picture building in your imagination right now. Yeah? Like these were filthy toilets, dungeons that they were in. They would have been totally miserable. They should have been totally miserable, really. I would have been totally miserable. But what I love is in this place and space, in this prison, even though they've been arrested and thrown in, they begin to sing. Like they start singing. It says they're singing. They're, they're, they're singing hymns and songs. They're, they're singing. They're, they're praising God, yeah? 
And so often when we look at this scripture, you know, we, we want to focus on the praise and we need to praise for our breakthrough, yeah? But there's something that happens before that. Why were they singing? Why were they praising? Why? So it's not the singing that, that I think we should focus on, but instead the why, why, why they're singing. Because for me, when I read this, there seems to be a confidence in who they know God is. Yeah, They were able to see something that for us on the outside makes no sense at all. I, it's like they just know they're confident in who God is. He's the same God that they've encountered before outside of prison. He's the same God. They know that. He's the same God that they've seen heal and set people free. Yeah? And so here they are. They're sitting in a prison cell, chains around their ankles, and they begin to sing and pray to God. They're not singing because they're thankful for where they're at. And they're not thankful and singing praise because they're free. Because they're not free. They're chained up. Yeah? They're singing praise because they are confident in who God is and they know that God has a plan. Yeah? What did they see in their situation that caused them to praise, that caused them to sing? Yeah? Behold, behold, stand in awe and be amazed. I'm about to do a new thing. Behold. And be amazed. I'm about to do a new... In fact, it's already begun. Don't you see it? It's already begun. See, they could see something that no one else around them could see. And what others... And what you and I might think was a hopeless situation, they saw a new thing. Yeah? They were able to see a new thing. Papa was doing a new thing. In fact, it had already begun. And they were able to see it. And they praised in it. And they praised through it, yeah? And they sung hymns to God as God's plan was working out. They could see what so many couldn't. See, their praise came before the breakthrough because they could see. Their praise came before the breakthrough because they stopped to behold, to stand in awe and be amazed. Maybe that's why Father God says in, in, in verses 15 and 18 of Isaiah 43, he says, I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smouldering candle wick. It's really amazing that for God to, for the waters to take out all the Egyptians, it's like putting out a, a wick on a candle. Like, that's effortless, isn't it? Yeah, just say. So, so I, I like that thought. <laughs> but then verse 18, but forget all that. But here's all the awesome stuff that I've done. Like, I know you don't believe it, but I know you do because you've been through it. I know you don't believe it because it doesn't make sense, but I know you do because you've been through it, you've walked through it. But now, but now, forget all of that awesome stuff. Forget it all. That was awesome. That was cool. That was great. It was huge. I did things that no one's ever done before, but forget all of that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. It's nothing compared 
to what I'm going to do. Behold, I'm about to do something new. Behold, I'm about to do something new. You know, we know what God's done in the past. Some of you have experienced God in such tangible ways. You've encountered him and the kingdom that's made the kingdom real and alive. It's been activated and demonstrated. Forget all that. In the situation that you're in right now, that's good. But forget that in the sense of remember it, yes, so you know who I am and you have confidence in me. But forget all that because that's nothing. What you've experienced, what you've seen, what you've heard, that's nothing to what I'm about to do. Behold, I'm, I'm doing a new thing. Paul and Silas knew the God of yesterday, yeah? And they knew that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. They know that. That's where their confidence comes from. But then when he says, forget all that, they could see. Forget that. That's nothing compared to They could see. They were ready. They were beholding. They were standing in awe, ready to be amazed. And they sang their praise. And they were totally amazed. Totally amazed. Because they were ready to behold. You know, often, you know, I said earlier that, you know, we talk about praise is the doorway to breakthrough. And it so is. But only in part. Because we can't praise if we can't see. What do you see in 2019? You can't praise. You can't lift your hands. You can't thank God if you can't see what's already begun. You, you can't praise him if you don't understand who he is, if you don't have confidence in him and for where he wants to take you because of the circumstance that you're in. You can't praise in that unless you're able to see through that. Yeah. This is so important for the year ahead for all of us. What do you see? You know, in Genesis, there's a story of Joseph. We know Joseph, the Technicolor Dreamcoat. You know, I won't, I won't read the, the scripture. But his dad loved him. His brothers hated him. They were jealous of him. They sold him into slavery. Yeah. And and it's so important this year that in all things that we see what God sees for us, because it's important to know the kingdom that is in us, yeah, for it to be revealed for those around us. Yeah. Now watch Joseph. Genesis. Chapter 50, verse 20 says, You intended to harm me. God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many. You intended to hurt me. I'll tell you what, when Joseph speaks these words, he's understood. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. It's already begun. I can see it. Oh, I can actually see it. I've been sold into slavery. And then, and then Potiphar thought I cheated with his wife. And then he wanted to kill me. And my life was falling apart. But I beheld. And I stood in awe and amazement because I could see what God was doing. In my trouble, in my distress, in my circumstance, in being thrown into prison, in being beaten, in being sold by my brothers, I could see what God was doing. You intended to harm me. But God, God, God intended it all for good. Man, that's a massive passage of scripture from a bloke who's had half his life beaten up, yeah, and torn to shreds. I'm doing a new thing. It's already begun. Don't you see it? This is for someone today. He says, It's already begun. Don't you see it? When did it begin? 
in the mid, right at the beginning of his trial, right in the beginning of what you're going through, right in the beginning, right at the beginning of you not having money to pay your bill, right in the beginning of your relationship falling apart, right at the start where things are so bad that you are so disheartened that you have no hope. God speaks these words: "I'm about to do a new thing. In fact, in fact, it's already begun." Don't you see it? No, I can't see it. My life is falling apart. I, 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 feel like, I feel like I'm on an x-ray and I can see all the bones and all the things that are broken. But we're not seeing like he sees it. He's saying, behold, I'm starting. I, I'm about to do a new thing for you. It's already begun. Right now, in the middle of your hurt, in the middle of your pain, even before it hits and, and it's really hurting, he's already started to do a good work for you. Man, what... If we could understand that, would we ever wake up depressed if we could actually just turn and behold and stand in awe and amazement? Would we ever suffer with severe anxiety? And we've got members in our family that, that do. And I have moments, ask Mel, where I'm just like, oh, woe is me. And she's like, do you have to be so negative? You keep speaking death. And I'm like, I'm not speaking death. You had no idea what death is. She goes, yes, you are. You're speaking death. I have to stop at times and behold, yeah? It's not... It's not rocket science, but it's not easy. But it does take some discipline. It requires some willpower to stop and say, hold on, in the midst of this crud, geez, I'd love to use a better word, in the midst of this stuff, I'm about to do a new thing. In the midst of your pain and your hurt and your world, I'm about to do a new thing. Can't you see it? In fact, I've already started it. That What a God. Paul and Silent, no wonder why they sang hymns and songs. They just knew something. The minute that life started to turn upside down, Papa God says to us, well, I'm about to do something new. What you meant for evil, God intended for good. Yeah? I love this. He brought me to this position so I could save many lives. He brought me to the place where I'd be broken in despair, where I'd question my faith. He brought me to a place where I would even I, 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 I would have just terrible thoughts about my brothers. He, he brought me to the place where I didn't know if I'd make it to tomorrow. He brought me to a place where I didn't even know if I had food to eat. He brought me to this place so that I could save many lives. Wow, what faith, yeah? I want that faith. Genesis 45.5 says... Don't be upset. Don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. Don't be angry that you spoke nasty to me. Don't be angry that you've been a real beep in my life right now. Don't be angry that you forsook me. Don't be angry that you stabbed me in the back. Don't be angry that you treated me like just nothing. Don't be angry. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve you so I could show you some grace. I could show you some love. I could show you something that you would never be able to understand had you not have gone through it. And if I hadn't gone through it, if you hadn't gone through it, you sold me, but God sent me. You sold me, but God sent me. I don't know where some of us are at right now. I don't know where some of you are. I have no idea what your trials and tribulations, what your circumstances, what life has thrown at you. Because let's face it, you know, when life gives you a lemon, you make it lemonade. Yeah, that's a great, that's, that's fantastic. Right? But sometimes it throws so many lemons that it's never sweet enough to be lemonade. It's just bitter. Yeah. But behold, I'm starting to do a new thing. In fact, it's already begun. Can't you see it? Joseph could see it. 
Paul and Silas could see it. King David could see it. Psalm 23, verses 4 and 5. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, or, or if you prefer, you know, King James, the valley of the shadow of death. Yeah. We sang a song, didn't we? There's no shadow that he won't what? That he won't light up. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I'll fear no evil for you're with me. So he could see something. In, in the midst of his pain, there was a confidence that God was with him. One, yeah? Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And I love this. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with all my cup overflows. You know, you and I might be going through a tough time. But he prepares a table for us in the presence of of our enemies within that tough time. You might have a circumstance in your life right now that is so just not understandable. But what do you see? Because David, obviously, when he was walking through one of those periods in life, he's walking through this valley of the shadow of death, so stuff's happening all around him. People want to kill him. But what he sees is Father God setting a table before him in the presence of his enemies. And what I know about that table is the enemies can't sit there. The stuff that you're going through can't sit there. God knows us, loves us so much that he says, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Can't you see it? In the midst of your valley of the shadow of death, just over there, there's a table for us to sit down. He prepares a table where he feeds us. He prepares a table that in the midst of our trials, yeah, we can communicate with him. In the middle of that, in the middle of that, he prepares a table. He prepares a table. Melanie will share that with the things that are happening with her, her dad, you know, being terminally ill and, and all that sort of jazz, she'll actually, and I don't mean to demean it or degrade it, but she will just very quickly to say, she will tell you very openly that the only reason that she continues forward daily yeah, is simply because she keeps turning to Father. She keeps turning and praying and reading. She keeps beholding him, standing in awe and amazement, yeah, trusting that he will do something new. And it's because of that faith, it's because of that, I believe, that we saw Phil accept the Lord a month ago. Yeah? He's eternity, he's assured. He's still terminal. He's still dying. But in the midst of all of that, he prepared a table. Yeah? In the presence of that sickness, in the presence of that pain. Behold, I'm actually doing a new thing. It's already begun. I'm bringing your dad home. I know you, can, you can't... I know you're just seeing the sickness, you're seeing his pain, but, but can't you see what I've started to do? Can't, can't you see it? Behold, stand in awe and amazement of what I'm about to do. There in the darkest, most troubling moment of our soul, what do you see? What do you see? I'll tell you what David saw. He saw that table. <laughs> he saw that table. So often we can't, but he saw the new thing. He saw that it had already begun. You know, I love the picture of God showing up in the middle of the battle and setting a table right there in the middle. Yeah? Serving a meal when we're surrounded by that battle. It's like bombs going over the top of your head, but in that place, it's a place of safety. Yeah? And it's the same. It's the same. That thought is the same. And it's true when it comes to our lives. Whether we're battling fear, whether we're battling anxiety, whether we're battling depression, whether we just have sickness in our bodies, in the middle of that pain and that struggle and that doubt, he sets a table before us so we can sit. Behold, 
See, I'm about to do a new thing. In fact, hey, I've already started it. Can't you see it? He guides us through the dark seasons. Ponder this for a moment. God is so confident of the outcome and so confident about his goodness that he sets a table in the middle of your distress. <laughs> if we were to do something like that, it'd be like, don't be so cocky. <laughs> right? don't, don't be so cocky. That would be what we would say in Australia. But he's so confident in who he is and his goodness that he sets a table in the midst of it all. Let's breathe for a moment, yeah? Who likes trials and tribulations? Who likes stuff in life that's not nice? Anyone? You like that? Awesome. Let's pray. We'll pray later for Ross so he can have more. No. None of us like it. None of us like it. Now, there's a reality that because of it, we grow. We learn that. that that's learnt as you walk through it. Yeah? It's not, it doesn't come just out of wisdom. As you walk through things and you look back and you think, wow, look what Father God has done. You learn now, I'm not happy where I'm at, but I know that he does actually work all things together for good. Yeah? Most of us want the mountaintop experiences. Most of us want to spend moments with the Lord where we can tangibly feel him, where we have an experience, where there's gold dust, where there's healing, where we feel like we're stepping in a river and people are like, you what? You felt like you stepped? Yes. Um, just we, we want those experiences where we feel so close to Father God that nothing else matters. That's what we want. That's what we long for. The reality of the Christian life, lo and behold, while you're here on this earth, on this planet, is not mountaintop experiences. They are to be experienced. It's so that we understand the kingdom and so we can bring on earth as it is in heaven. But the reality of life, because we live in a fallen flesh, yeah, is pain at times. Yeah? It's valleys at times. It's dark valleys at times. It's being alone in the darkness at times. That's the reality of life. If you were to be totally honest and speak to each and every person in this place, someone would share those stories. We long for the mountaintop experiences. And when we have them, we almost try to duplicate whatever it was that we did to get back there again. And that's just not how God works. But the reality of life you know, is often not the mountaintop experiences, but it's the other thing. See, we love the mountaintop experiences when life's good, when there's money in the bank, when we're winning, when we're hearing from God clearly. We, we all love those things, yeah? But this is where how we see is so very important, yeah? It's so important that we, we are able to see because I don't want to be a Christian that only functions when everything's good. I don't want to be that Christian. I, I, I don't want to be a Christian that, that can't see. I want to be a Christian that in any and all circumstances, I can see what he sees. Yeah? And so when I walk into 2019, I can see no matter what happens, no matter what comes my way, no matter how discouraged I may become, that I can see what he sees because that is the only thing that will bring me peace. The only thing that will bring me peace. So in the middle of my valley, like David... I want to be able to see the table that he sets in the presence of what I'm going through, yeah? 
I, I, I want to be able to behold in the middle of my valley. I want to be able to stand in awe and be amazed for God's about to do something new, something that he's already begun. And the new thing, it's already begun. Hear me, it's already begun. The season that you're in right now, the new thing has already begun. It's already begun. Can't you see it? You know, when you're, you're in life and you're losing, when you're, you're in life and you feel like it's raining all the time, when you're in life and there's sickness, when you're in life and you're broke. <laughs> I went out with a brother yesterday and we stopped to get a, a coffee and he goes, oh, we'd, uh, we'll get a coffee. We'll run in and get a coffee. I said, if it's your shout. And he just looked at me. I said, I've got about $1.50 in my pocket. I was broke yesterday. You know those moments? It's like, oh, you don't even want to tell somebody, oh, I'd love a coffee, but I can't pay for it. Can you make it a tall double shot? Thanks. <laughs> there are just some things in life are quite embarrassing, even as something as simple as that, yeah? There's a prayer stuff. When your life is so broke, when things aren't what you planned or expected, you know, this is why God reminds us, I'm the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. I'm the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path. I called forth the army of Egypt with all its chariots and I drew them beneath the waters and they drowned their lives snuffed out like a smouldering candle wick but forget it all see it's nothing compared to what I'm about to do for you in your brokenness forget it all it doesn't compare to the plans and purposes I have for you in your sickness forget it all because it doesn't compare to the work I've started in you and for you compared to the fact that you're, you're you're cash strapped at the moment. Forget it. Forget what I've done because what I'm about to do for you, where you're at, man, that, that's, that's the new thing. Can't you see it? Can't you see it? I'm about to do it right there, right now, whatever you're going through. He says to us, I'm going to do a new thing. Why don't we stand for a moment? Oh, Lord, open our eyes to see how you see. In 2019, let us see as you see. You know, from the parting of the Red Sea to the walls of Jericho, to Lazarus getting up from the dead, to Jesus resurrecting, over and over, God says to us, Behold, stand in awe and be amazed. I'm about to do a new thing. No one knew the waters on the Red Sea would part, but God did. No one knew the walls of Jericho would come down, but God did. No one knew that Lazarus would walk out of the grave or that Jesus would resurrect, but God did. And he says to us, I'm doing a new thing. Where there's despair, doubt, fear, trouble, I'm doing a new thing. It's already begun. Whatever you're going through right now, it's already begun. It's already begun. Now, you don't understand what I'm going through, Pastor. You have no idea the situation that I'm in. You don't know the, the battle that I'm fighting. I, I, I don't have to know. But he does. And he says, behold, I, I'm about to do a new thing for you. In fact, it's already begun. Can't you see it? Shadrach, Meshach and Abnego were about to be thrown in the fire. Those that were so close to the fire got burnt just being next to the door. But do we see the fire? 
Or do we see the fact that when they walk into the fire, they're about to meet the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and meet the fourth person in the midst of their fire? What do we see? Daniel was about to be thrown into a lion's den, lions that hadn't been fed in ages. What do we see in those situations? Do we see the lions? Do we hear their roar? Or do we see an opportunity for God about to do a new thing? Do we believe God's word? Do we expect him to move? See, he can do it. He makes all things possible. Paul and Silas knew it. Yeah, Joseph knew it. When, when we can stop and behold, when we can stop and see, this is why it's so important to see in every situation, we actually start to become what we see. We start to become what we behold. And we, when we can see the new thing that God's doing, look, I've already started, can't you see it? We start to become that. We walk like that. We speak differently all of a sudden when we can see what he sees, amen. We need to fix our eyes, our gaze on Jesus. Full stop. Amen. Yeah. Why don't we just all close our eyes for a moment? Because God wants to say to someone, I'm doing a new work. I'm doing a new work. And he wants you to know that it's already begun. At the moment, you don't see it. At the moment, you don't feel it. In fact, you're struggling to believe it. But he says, behold, stand in awe and be amazed. I'm about to start a new work. In fact, it's already begun. See, that's how the kingdom works. When we see it, what was unknown becomes revealed. Yeah. When we see it, we encounter what, we, what was unrecognized before. And when we can see it, we live it. We demonstrate the kingdom. What was once untouched, we now start to move in a realm where it's demonstrated to those around us. Just for a moment, Ben, do you mind playing the guitar? Is that all right? Just in the background. And I just feel as though there are some here today that need their eyes and what they see shifted. We need to be able to see the circumstance that we're in, not for the despair that we're feeling, not for the pain that we're experiencing, not for the muck that we know that it is. Yeah, That's fact. But we can now live in truth. And the truth is this, behold, I'm about to do a new thing. Behold, it's already begun. Behold, can't you see it? I've prepared a table for you in the presence of of what you're going through, yeah? So just with every eye closed at the moment, if you know within yourself, if you know that you need your sight to shift to be able to see what He sees, if, if you need what you see to be able to move, because our circumstances will not change. A lot of those things have already happened. But what we do next is the only thing that we can do. And that's why we go to the Father and say, what's our next step? Don't ask Him to change what was. That is, that's done. Some of us need to move through the season that we're in and see what He sees. So we have the peace that goes beyond what we can understand. Because that's how it works. Jesus is the beginning and is the end. But in the middle, there's all this other stuff that He's a part of. So today, if that's you, if you know that in your circumstance you need fresh eyes, His eyes, we want to pray with you. 
And I'm just going to ask you in a moment just to raise your hand to say, hey, Pastor, that's me. While you're praying, can you think of me? Yeah, this isn't about shame. This isn't about regret. It's about none of that. It's about shame off. It's about man down on his knees. We're going to pray this thing through until we have victory. Yeah? We don't have to fake it till we make it. We need to be real so that we can deal and bring it before the Lord. Amen? So if that's you now, if you know you need something to shift in the way that you see your circumstances, if you need to be able to behold and understand what it is that Jesus, what Father God has in store for you, if you want to be able in your prison to be able to sing hymns and songs, then I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand. Just say, on the count of three, just say, hey, that's me. Jesus, that's me. I need, I need my sight to shift. I need it to change. I need to see the table in the midst of my circumstance, in the midst of my trial, in the midst of what I'm going through. I just want to sit with you. I want to be able to behold the new thing, God, that you've started in me. So he's faithful and just. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. What He promises, He keeps. He has started something new in you and for you, yeah? It's already begun. Father, you can see every hand that's lifted, God. Father, every hand, every heart that's crying out to you, that's saying, shift my sight. I can see what, what I'm living through, but I need to see what you're doing in the midst of it. I need to see the table that I can sit at and find solace where I can just communicate with you, Lord. Lord, cause a shift right now. Father, I want to speak your blood, Lord, that you would break the chains of all heaviness, Lord, over people's lives right now. Father, the burdens that the enemy has placed upon people that has kept them trapped in thinking, that torments us in our minds daily. Father, we say, be gone in Jesus' name. Lord, we speak your life in this space right now. Father, your life in this space right now. Behold, behold, I'm about to do a new thing. You were down, but you're going to be up. You were sad, but you're going to have joy. You were broke, but somehow you're going to make it through, yeah? You felt lonely, but there's a family around you. I'm doing a new thing. Father, we know that some circumstances are greater than others. And Lord, I pray that you would raise up a people that can come alongside each other to carry each other's burdens. Father, that you would raise up a people, Lord God, that would shoulder all of the lemons that life can throw at each other. Lord, that we would be there for one another. Lord, that we would be totally the strength that we need to be for those that are in need, Lord, because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Father, we thank you for the truth that you use every circumstance for good. Whether good or bad, you take it all and you work it all together for something good for those that believe in you. And this day, God, we're asking you to take every circumstance that we might see the good that's coming, the good that's purposed, the good that's planned, that we might live in such a way that when people are looking for something different, they will run into one of us, Jesus believers. People that have seen what you've seen. People that have stopped. People that have beheld, that are, have actually made a moment to behold 
to stand in awe so that we can be amazed. Father, may we be a people, Father, this day. Lord, every hand that was up, to, Lord, I pray that this week they will be amazed. I pray that, Lord, from the moment that this, this service is finished, something starts to shift and change. Lord, that heaviness to be gone, but for eyes to be open. Father, to have a clarity of sight that has never existed before. Lord, you open the eyes of the blind. Father, sometimes in circumstances in life where we're blinded by what we're going through. Lord, open our eyes today. Lord, help us to stand and be the victorious people. Lord, that you've created created us and planned for us and purposed for us to be. We thank you that we can bring all these things to you. We thank you that you never leave us or forsake us. Father, we thank you that we are a people that will behold, that will behold, that will behold, that will behold, that will behold. And everybody said, Amen. Sorry. Kristen wants to.